Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by the Finest Service Organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. I am Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio, and I have a really interesting guest. I hope we didn't have the best parts of our conversation in the 10-15 minutes before I press record. Uh, I hope it's even better because that first 10-15 minutes was great. Uh, And let me tell you a little bit about him. His name is Frank Borelli, and he is the editor of officer magazine which is an awesome publication just got introduced to it recently at the shot show uh dug into it and i I had to talk to frank on that but a little bit about him he is the editorial director for the officer media group frank brings 20 plus years of writing and editing experience in addition to nearly 40 years of law enforcement operations administration and training experience to the team and i know that's true because it's right here in the darn magazine Frank, welcome to the show. Yeah, how you doing, man? Good to be here. <laughs> Good to have you. Good to have, I know it's going to be a great conversation. The only thing that really ticks me off is we're not doing this in person over a cigar, but maybe that'll be some other day. We will do that a different day. What You know what irks me is we're still using this same... I got to get a better picture. That's just an <laughs> ugly picture. It, it, it looks too much like me. Anyway. But, uh, but before I get into anything else... Uh, definitely have to one um, thank you for your service uh, as a police officer. Uh, I honestly and truly sincerely appreciate that. Um, and from what I've seen thus far, really love what you're doing with Officer Magazine. So let me ask you, because I know there's a lot of publications out there for first responders. Uh, bluntly, what makes Officer Magazine so special? Why should a police officer run out and go pick it up today? I'm going to give you the most arrogant answer I can give anybody. And the I would expect is, nothing less. The answer is me. It's a true statement. So it, we, I have to coach my sales team on a regular basis too, right? We have to support them. And we need, being Officer Magazine, we need uh, our entire team to understand the law enforcement industry. Well, I'm the only guy that's worn a badge and worked behind a gun. Mm-hmm. So uh, what makes us really radically different is I don't care what other publication you look at, with the exception of organizational publications like there's professional organizations they have their own magazine i'm a member of the fop the fop has its own magazine Mm -hmm. those people have police officers on their editorial teams and in their production staff and all that when you look at the people who consider themselves competition for officer magazine none of them has a law enforcement officer anywhere on their editorial Mm -hmm. team or in their sales force so how can they really serve the industry and understand the intricacies and have the commitment that family bond to the thin blue line when they're really just running a commercial organization pure and simply for the dollars now i'm not going to lie and say officer media group isn't making profit it's a business Mm. but um well there was a time that an executive vice president said frank you're going to do this or you're fired and i went i'm going to have to find a new job because what they wanted me to do was going to hurt the family on the thin blue line and i wasn't doing it so thankfully i didn't get fired but um you know, we're, we're, uh, we're the only people out here with a cop on our production staff and, and our editorial staff, which is what makes us different. And it's a significant difference when it comes to, uh, I'm looking for a word and I'm not going to find it. And integrity is not the right word, although we're from authenticity, credibility. Yeah. 
credibility is a good, a good way. I mean, I've, I've been there. I've done that. Um, this October does mark 40 years for me wearing a badge. Been writing for 23. And uh, the Thin Blue Line is still the, 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 the primary driving force in what I keep in mind in everything I do with officer. We got to serve the guys on the street. Yeah. Yeah, I can so, I can appreciate that. And if you you're gonna have 40 years with the badge, did you you know start driving a patrol car at 12 or something? Or I appreciate the comment, <laughs> but I got out of high school, uh, and we won't all those stories we told about high school before the show. Mm-hmm. We won't we won't share some of them show, here. Yeah. <laughs> Both of us went to good all male Catholic high schools. That's right. Uh, and had experiences that can only occur in such. Um, but no, I got out of high school and went in the army as a military policeman. And when I was done with being a military policeman, I came out in the civilian world and became a police officer and not to date myself, but that was October of 1982. Wow. So, uh, yeah, October 25th of this year will mark 40 years for me wearing a badge. Well, thank you. In uh, 1982, I wasn't even at, at that Catholic high school. I was in junior high then, if you could believe Told you that. I had you by a few years. <laughs> yeah, a couple, a couple. Well, in Officer Magazine isn't only run by a cop, but a cop that's gotten stabbed and shot. Was that on the same day or are those different occurrences? Oh, no. Thank God those were different days. Um, but yes, <laughs> That would be I, a real bad that. day if you got stabbed and shot. <laughs> well, uh, my team will often ask me, you know, are you having a bad day? I'm, nope. Nobody's trying to st- shoot me or stab me. The worst, absolute worst thing that can happen to me today is I can get fired. Mm. That would suck. But then I go find a new job. Mm -hmm. Um, I will not put a uniform back on and go back on the street. I maintain all my qualifications and certifications. And I won't tell you it's always been a pleasure, but it's rarely been boring. And I've really enjoyed, really enjoyed the 40 years. There have been ups and downs. There's always been, you know, the good and the bad. But uh, yeah, no, I've, I've actually been shot twice. And we've confirmed that I have a very, very hard head because one of those two shootings was uh, a guy about 17 feet behind me and shot me in the back of the head with a 45 mm. and it bounced off. Wow. Um, so That's when people special. call me hard-headed, <laughs> we have confirmed that fact. It gave me a hell of a concussion, a big goose egg, but it bounced off. Um, That's that stuff out of like superhero movies, man. <laughs> I don't question the blessings and the luck, man. I just go, okay, cool. I got here. I'm another day, you know? Um, stabbings across the days, hit with baseball bats, cracked a couple of ribs, hit by a pickup truck. You know, 40 years later, uh, working right outside of our nation's capital, and by and far and large, I was one, I had one of the more boring careers. Um, I tip my hat to the men and women who do it today. I don't think I could go out there fresh out of the academy and do it today. Um, you know, just like we have to turn on a, a switch and a filter for everything we do that's being recorded and broadcast. Can you imagine? Because I can't body camera dash camera uh prisoner transport camera his camera their camera everybody's cell phone i george carlin would have to add a lot to his list of seven words you can't say on the radio and i would have to modify my behavior drastically i could not police the way policing has to be done today yeah it's it's a sad state of affairs not you know not ever having been a police officer i i wouldn't understand um definitely wouldn't understand completely um but uh you know as i was talking to uh a couple of guests just a few weeks ago um a couple guys that are former athletes that run pro team tactical specifically for for first responders for recovery Mm -hmm. and so forth 
uh, and do an awesome job. You know, we we actually mentioned about, you know, all these cameras on cell phones and so forth. It mm-hmm. said, you know, instead of, you know, having the ESPYs, what if we did something like that for first responders and gave out awards? And instead of, you know, catching everything bad that, you know, one out of, you know, every 500 cops or 1,000 cops does, maybe we could catch people doing something good on these damn things and use that for the awards. <laughs> Do you know how many of that would be, though? And, and, I, and I say this, and I'm being completely serious. So the, the New York City's... Um, Benevolent Police Benevolent Association did a study, and there are just in New York City alone, just in New York City alone, there are over 300 million law enforcement citizen contacts a year. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's traffic stops, that's the lady whose kids lost, that's somebody who needs directions, it's whatever it is, right? 300 million a year, and how many of those go sideways and actually something bad happens? One or two. The, if if we didn't have legacy media hyper sensationalizing when cops make mistakes and sometimes it's not even when they make mistakes it's just when this nine seconds of an hour and a half event goes sideways right we're going to blow that out of proportion if we could get the legacy media to actually report rather than editorialize if they could report responsibly if we could bring back professional journalism it would be a different world for law enforcement today but be that as it may um it's still one of the most honorable professions anybody can go mm-hmm. into. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in, uh, and I assume you have children in my four. All I do grown. not actually. I'm a, I'm a child in and of itself, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there, but I've, I've got four kids. Um, and, you know, they all go to school and we've had zero tolerance since 1994. And I've, I've had the battle of teaching my children that no matter what the public school system says, defending yourself is an honorable thing to do. Mm-hmm. And one of the few things that's even more honorable is defending somebody else. And when you think about it, that's what law enforcement professionals do from the start of their career to the end of their career. And sometimes well past that, they, they, they protect and defend, they protect and serve. And um, God, they're getting raked over the coals now, just completely irrationally in my opinion but yeah uh, yeah you you are preaching to the choir on that and i will just say this and then i want to get back to officer magazine is at least and maybe it's just simply because of my circle of contacts on linkedin and connections but i am fortunately thank the good lord seeing a lot more videos being shared at least on that platform of an officer saving you know a small child from from choking um Mm -hmm. i even saw one recently where you know a woman was frantic because her dog just collapsed and the officer came and actually gave mouth to mouth to a dog and revived you know her pet it's mouth to nose yeah yeah whatever the heck it is but i'm like you know thank Thank God, you know, we're getting, somebody's getting some of this stuff out there. Um, so and that was where know. I was trying to go is yeah. if, if, you, if you actually wanted to show all of the good works, there's thousands upon thousands every day. Yeah. We, we, we never get, and, I, and I've had friends on Facebook. Why do you always put up the good stuff? How come you don't put up the bad stuff about police officers? Look, I've lived it. Somebody else has already taken care of that. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> It's time to get back to business in person. And if you run a for-profit or non-for-profit business that serves first responders, the Public Safety Business Summit is for you. 
The Public Safety Business Summit is a highly interactive event that is being brought to you by the POCUA in Savannah, Georgia from March 27th to the 29th, 2022. What you will find there is a wealth of networking and co-learning opportunities among like-minded professionals serving first responders. What you won't find is a series of boring speakers skilled only in the art of death by PowerPoint. In fact, there will be no speakers at all, just highly interactive panel discussions and deep dive small group conversations on topics that are relevant to growing your unique business. Learn more about the Public Safety Business Summit at policecreditunions.com slash 2022-conference. That's policecreditunions.com slash 2022-conference. Or call 331-300-9889 to register. We look forward to welcoming you to Savannah in March. Look, and I'll, I'll freely admit, okay, so a long time ago, again, a long time ago, 1987, I wrote a report about some officers that was not glowing mm-hmm. and I should never have written a report or at least not the way I wrote it. Um, I was a young cop, didn't have a lot of great supervision at the time at the agency I was at, wrote it in anger and never meant for it to be public and somebody else made it public. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I paid a price for that. I mean, I, there, there became a point, there came a point where officers didn't trust me to work with me. Um, and I had to re-earn their trust. And it took me years, it yeah. took me five, 10 years. Um, I still, to this day, think I did the right thing. I just did it the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I'm not the guy that will sit here and say police officers infallible. I'm not the guy to say cops never, ever do anything wrong. We're human beings. For the love of God, we make mistakes as much as the next person. The challenge we have is the mistakes we make are sometimes traumatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, just by the nature of the job and the things that we have to deal with, when we make a mistake, it has a much greater impact than when, uh, you know, a teacher misses a grade on a paper or, and, and I love teachers and I think they're underpaid. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be critical of teachers. Sure. When, when your lawyer charges you an extra hour to file something, it's not the end of the world. When we, when cops make mistakes, it, it can be life-changing. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. If I make a mistake, you know, we just, you know, miss a week of a podcast episode and, you know, nobody There's cares. Editing. That's how we fix that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, let's, let's circle back to officer magazine. Cause one of the things that stood out um, being a branding guy myself is right on the cover. I believe it says the leader in products, technology, and innovation. And yep. I found in my, in my limited experience with your publication for that to be true. Is there a product, a technology or an innovation that you've come across that really stands out in your mind in law law enforcement that's exceptional or really special? So I'm gonna answer two questions lead you into this we talk Good, about, we can end early go for it no no, no. but so we do we do talk about it, and you're right it is it is right there on the title mm-hmm. right the leader in products technology innovation reality is that officer magazine is a combination of two other magazines so there's this issue i just held up january 2021 mm-hmm. that was the first officer magazine ever prior to that we had law enforcement technology magazine and law enforcement product news. Hmm. Now, law enforcement product news was tabloid size, nothing but products. Law enforcement technology was a, a command level technology focused magazine. We put them together to make Officer Magazine, goes with the website officer.com. So, 
um, that's kind of where the tagline came from and how it was born into being Officer Magazine. As far as technologies are a specific one that's out there, there are so many, um, and they and they keep evolving so regularly. Um, you know, me looking back at training, looking at patrol, um, I could talk to you about technologies that are really uh, phenomenal in the training environment. Um, there's a company uh, in Veris that's using um, augmented reality goggles and, and mm. they're putting officers into a saturated environment. You know, we mm -hmm. used to do projected simulation training on a screen and you could see all the edges and then somebody got smart and they made it a 300 degree environment. But we operate in what I call a 720 degree environment. It's 360 this way horizontally and then it's 360 this way vertically so it's a 720 degree environment hmm, interesting the only way you get that is with these virtual reality goggles and surround sound speakers and all this and from the training that's a phenomenal technology that's just come in been born in the last year um when you look at equipment on the street uh you know we've come so far from the old baltimore billy the wooden baton to collapsible friction lock batons or mechanically locked batons and asp uh, the company ASP has, has come, their technology is so phenomenal now with those and everything they're doing, but they even, they've taken the things that they learned there and they put them into handcuffs. It sounds silly to say, but mm -hmm. handcuffs are safer today than they've ever been. Hmm. It's harder for me as a police officer to hurt somebody, not that I have tried, to hurt somebody <laughs> putting handcuffs on them mm -hmm. uh, than it used to be 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I break a couple bones putting handcuffs on you without a problem if I did it wrong. Now it's not as easy to do that. And we have a lot more training about it. So even the simplest of technologies, someplace like that, <clears throat> excuse me, things like holster technology mm -hmm. uh, and, and the materials that they're made of and how they lock guns into the holsters. And uh, they've evolved to include guns with red dot sites, RDS systems. Um, heck, at this point, LAPD just announced uh, they're adopting uh, a weapon system, a handgun system, the FN 509, with a red dot site for all their rookies. They, they get the mechanical sites and then they get the RDS as well. They're buying all their, they're, they're evolving their agency to the FN 509, a gun with an RDS. And you may not be here yet, but that, the, the red dot site for a guy my age was something that's called presbyopia. It's a, a nearsighted vision. Mm -hmm. it means when I extend my gun, I can't get the front sight in focus. That's a problem. Yeah. I need that front sight. Big in focus. problem. <laughs> RDS, the red dot site solves that problem. It's, it's a solution. Um, I mean, just, like I said, there's just so many. There's, there's a. Are you, are you a hunter shooter at all? Uh, I am not a hunter, that's for sure. Uh, from time to time, I will take my firearm to the range, but okay. uh, recreational shooter then, correct? Right? Um, but you're familiar with optics and you've seen them on sure. different weapons and stuff. So, Meprolite just came out with an optic at Shot Show, the foresight that you, it pairs with an app on your phone, and mm. you use your phone to zero the optic. And you can save the profile and then you can take that optic and put it on a different rifle and zero it for that rifle and save that profile and then you can do it with a different ammo and a different range and when it when it comes to different applications that kind of technology where we're integrating all the different pieces mm -hmm. to put the officer into a safer more connected uh better cared for environment yeah. Um, it, it, we're seeing that just happen exponentially to the point where if we had this conversation in six months, we'd be talking about sure. all new different technologies. Sure. Yeah. And so you actually, I probably answered your question way, way more than you wanted to hear, but 
I thought, um, no, I, I appreciate in-depth answers because that I could shut up and just sit back and listen, which actually probably makes my audience a lot happier because I'm not telling stupid jokes. Um, but no, I, I, I love your answer. And it leads me into my next question perfectly, which is about innovation in the future. And you know, I, I often say, especially to my police and firefighter credit unions that are part of the POCUA, that innovation and technology are not synonyms. You know, sometimes, no. tech, sometimes technology is a part of innovation and sometimes it isn't. And I point to a story I've told before, which is a firefighters credit union that, you know, had a problem with retired firefighters coming in by the tellers and seeing their old buddies and congregating and crowding up their whole lobby. <laughs> right. And they didn't want to tell their members, you know, hey, you know, you're messing up our business. So they, when they did the remodel, they created a whole living room set in the lobby and said, yeah, why don't you go, why don't you go visit with your friend? Here's a cup of coffee, have a seat, stay as long as you like away from the tower station to be, yeah. That's that's innovation that has nothing to do with technology, unless maybe they got a really high end coffee maker. But you know, it, but it's got, problem solving in, in an innovative way. I mean, it, they created a solution. Yeah. Uh, but what's your question? Is what you're talking about innovation? Well, an innovation for a guy that's been on the force for 40 years in one way, Forever. shape, or form, and form, and and who who uh, is uh, a leader in Officer Magazine. What innovations do you see down the pike six months, 12 months, you know, maybe even beyond that, that are going to truly change and enhance law enforcement in the future? So uh, the one innovation that I'm really looking forward to, and we're seeing we're seeing uniforms constantly evolve. Um, if you look back, and it seems like it's forever ago, but in the history of the world, you know, 40, 50 years isn't a big deal. You had a police officer going on the street and he was wearing his full dress blue uniform, mm -hmm. all shift, every shift. And there was no such thing as body armor. Right. Um, and now we have uh, so many police officers are wearing whatever comfortable uniform they're wearing with an external carrier. We're getting stuff off the gun belt up onto the vest to help save our hip and our lower back. Um, and we're seeing actually through those body cameras and the dash cameras and everything else, we're seeing a, a monitoring of the officer. Now, here's where that can be good. We have GPS systems in the cars and, if, and in the radio mm -hmm. systems. And if an officer gets hurt and can't call for help, we can figure out where he is and send help anyway. Mm -hmm. As the body armor systems evolve, we're seeing lighter weight materials. Um, we're seeing less bulky materials. And where that matters is it means we can start offsetting that weight with other things. So um, is the example, I'm wearing a Garmin watch. Mm -hmm. This thing has a heart rate monitor, a blood pressure monitor, a step counter, blah, blah, blah. It monitors my stress and all this other stuff. I look And it probably the... cuts your cigar for you too, but go ahead. Nah, it's not there yet. It's not there yet. Won't light it either, but we're going to get there. Um, but I'm looking forward to the day where when the police officer puts on his uniform, the biometric monitoring is built into the uniform. And there was a project I saw a while back where they were building in um, hemostatic agents, uh, and, and that's a, a blood clotting agent like quick clot or something else, and mm -hmm. automatic electronic defibrillators along with blood pressure monitoring, pulse rate monitoring. So now you have all this stuff on this vest or in the mm -hmm. uniform that the officer's wearing, and if he gets shot, 
the uniform delivers the hemostatic agent into the puncture wound, which helps to stop the bleeding, mm-hmm. stop the blood loss, right? The, the vest is monitoring blood pressure and, and pulse rate and all that. And if he goes into uh, a, def- a fibrillation, he has a, a irregular heartbeat, then he's wearing the very device mm-hmm. that can jumpstart his heart and keep him going. I'm looking forward to technology on the life-saving side evolving there and i don't think we're far out of it i think it's just going to be a matter of investment i think the the technology all exists we have to find a way to incorporate it that's number one number two um you know the officer it's funny if you talk to a a fighter pilot in any one of our branches of service they'll tell you they don't get into the plane they strap the plane on their back Hmm. it's all about the pilot our police officers don't get into patrol vehicles they strap their office on their back. I mean, the patrol mm-hmm. vehicles is their moving office and they are becoming more and more integrated into it and collecting more data with it. And if the data is mined and delivered correctly to the officers, he performs his job, he can do it safer. We can be made aware of threats before they have a possibility of becoming a threat in that immediate instance. And that type of technology is really forward thinking and really helpful to the police officer. And then you have when we talk about technology, people don't even realize uh, antimicrobial inserts mm-hmm. in your food are a form of technology. It doesn't have to be electronic. It doesn't have to be a new, you know, it, it's all around us. We use it every day. But those are the things that I'm really looking forward to. And I think they're coming. Uh, they're coming faster than we expect. It's like technology accelerates every time we learn one new things. We can do 10 new things with it. And they just and she tells two friends and she told two friends and it keeps on growing. Um it, so yeah, it's it's uh honestly we're gonna have a hard time keeping up. Um, yeah. And when you look at officer.com and our commitment to covering things that are technology or innovation, sometimes we're having to pick the cream of the crop and not really be able to share stuff that might be something that's very basic mm-hmm. that is gonna affect a lot of police officers and it's it's just not significant enough for all that to be something we end up featuring in the magazine. Yeah. But yeah, we figure it out. Yeah, it's you. Well, I, 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 again, I've never been in law enforcement, but I think I have enough friends and colleagues in law enforcement where I've kind of adopted their cynical nature sometimes. <laughs> and it, cynical? No, no of course about? not. Um, it, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you know you hear and see all this crap that you're like, oh, you, you get a little jaded. But I will say this from a highly positive standpoint is it's my opinion that the problems that we have in law enforcement aren't going to be solved by politicians they're going to be solved by entrepreneurs and as you alluded to really problem solving thinking and i saw a ton of that at the shot show earlier this year it just it blew my mind and did my heart really, really good to see all these entrepreneurs, you know, some of them former military, some of them former dispatchers, some of them former cops, firefighters that were creating a new way, a better way, you know, whether it was, you know, a place like Reflex Protect, you know, that has something much better than pepper spray or my friends at Talus Ridge that said, you know what, cops and firefighters, you know, shouldn't, you know, die of dehydration. They should have some kind of an airflow right. system um, and we could create that and I can go on and on. I think that if, if for, for my audience, 
for those folks that you know are cynical and looking for something <laughs> something positive yeah i could tell you if what i saw at the shot show and what i read in officer magazine is is just a glimpse at what's in the future um there's a lot of good stuff um to use a really technical uh grammatical phrase coming down the pike i'm gonna, I'm gonna be really corny for a minute go for it i won't even edit it out go ahead um it, it, you know we joke about cops being cynical mm -hmm. but the average person experiences one and a half to two truly traumatic incidents in their entire life mm -hmm. police officers average eight thousand in their career mm -hmm. and that's a 20-year career um so there's a lot more it, it's, it's completely reasonable for police officers to become cynical for law enforcement professionals to become cynical for all that the guy in the badge, the woman wearing the star, anybody who goes into an academy today is one of the best proofs of hope for humanity mm -hmm. that I could put on display and could demonstrate. Uh, one of my, my son's best friend got out of high school, went in the army as a reservist military policeman, fine young man, spent a year down Guantanamo. The fact that he would do that, uh, you know, you're talking about somebody born in 97, he's 24 mm -hmm. years old. The fact that he would do that in today's environment is a sign of hope to me for mm -hmm. our society. So you see a cop and you see somebody cynical, but by virtue of the fact that he's standing there should give you hope for society. Yeah, now, I told you I was going to be corny. That's that's as corny as I can get. But it's honestly 100 percent from the heart. I believe that's true. I don't think it's corny at all. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I think in some ways, maybe it being a civilian that sees all these things as an outsider, um, I may be more cynical at times than some of my officer friends. And yeah, I think to Scott Brown, who basically, you know, saw his uh, partner get executed in front of him um yeah and it's just you know a terrible thing you know, it tells me about you know his faith in people and in god and you know how um you know even looking back at his career and he's still active today he said you know despite that the vast majority of the people that he said that he's arrested are good people that just made bad mistakes and that it was his job and still his job to call them on it um, but you know, he, he hopes that many of them after that incident and never sees him again and changes their life. And, and if he could say that most people are good, um, even after what he's, he's seen, then maybe I should be a little less cynical. <laughs> well, I tell you what really helps a lot with the cynicism. And it, it's, it, I, I don't know if it's corny to say, you know, I arrested my fair share of people. And, and you're, he was right. A lot, there's a lot of good people. They do one dumb thing. It's illegal, whatever they get arrested. Um, when that person comes to you after they've served their time, whether it's parole, probation, prison time, community service, whatever it is, when they come to you and say, I want to thank you for arresting me, for fixing me because I was on the wrong path and for how you treated me while I was in your care and custody. That's that's a confirmation that that's a, that's a statement that you're doing everything right. Um, and I had Lord knows I knew a lot more good people than bad people. And, and, I, and I, I write about this frequently around the holidays. 
you know, the, we, we appreciate our officers, our law enforcement professionals day in and day out, but when they have to go to work on Thanksgiving and leave their family at home, or they can't be home Christmas morning to see their kids get in the stockings, mm -hmm. or it's 4th of July and every idiot in the world decides to shoot a gun up in the air, not realizing the bullets are going to come back down and you get the officer who works in the financially challenged areas, otherwise mm -hmm. known as ghettos. Mm -hmm. And they have to park underneath the bank drive through so that the bullets get stopped. So they don't rain down on their car. Yeah. And I mean, um, for all that, those guys know where they can go get a plate full of food on Thanksgiving. They know the kids are going to be out in the yard on Christmas morning, showing off their new stuff or, or riding their sled or whatever. They're going to see the best of humanity, just like they're going to see the worst of it. And for us not to be overwhelmingly cynical we have to focus on on the best parts, yeah. the bad parts. We can't get away with the negatives, the, the criminals is that we've got to deal with that. That's the job. And it sounds silly to say, but thank God they're there. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the job. <laughs> but we really have to focus on the good. We have to focus on the humanity that is just there if we take the time to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I I'm fortunate enough to have heard a number of those stories like yours and the one that I mentioned uh, in that people coming back and say, you know what, you know, that arrest or you treat you treating me with respect. And it, in my worst time, actually, even though I had to do time or I had to you know, make amends for what I did in one way, shape or form to society that yep. turned my life around. And it's because you, know, you treated me with respect as an officer. Um, yeah, I could, I could certainly talk to you for another hour, but in, in wrapping this up a little bit, I want to hear, and I'm sure my audience wants to hear what is coming down the pike for officer magazine, anything special, anything new that they should be looking for, or should they just subscribe to the damn thing and find out? <laughs> well, number one, if they're law enforcement professionals, it's a free subscription. So they, yes, they ought to subscribe to it. And if they don't want the paper because they're that young, we have a digital copy. They can mm -hmm. subscribe to that. New coming down the pike. I don't think I could tell you anything special that's coming along. The things that we're really proud of with it. Um, four times a year, we, we do a SWAT spotlight. Um, and, and we highlight a team someplace in the country that's doing something new or unique or different. And then going hand in hand with Officer Magazine, uh, this past November, we launched Officers Virtual Academy. So mm -hmm. if they go to officer.com, we have our virtual academy online. All the courses are free. Uh, there's completion certificates that are downloadable. They can take the time to go through the classes. It's good, valued information. And this year, we're adding another nine courses to that program at a minimum, potentially more, and we'll continue to grow it. We'll be adding in-service credit and continuing education units. Uh, we hope this year, it just depends on the, the timeline and how complicated things get. So we're continuing to evolve and grow um, to bring greater services to the, to the law enforcement community. Uh, for any of your listeners who aren't law enforcement, I would encourage them to read the magazine, to go to the website, we have some forms that they can register for. Don't have to be a police officer. The 210,000 people registered on there. We have a section specifically to ask questions of law enforcement, mm -hmm. plus all the other conversational sections. I encourage, strongly, strongly encourage the public to interact with law enforcement so they understand we're human. 
Mm -hmm. And that's the bottom line. Police officers are human first. We hurt, we bleed, we take pride, we are arrogant, all of that. We get angry, we make mistakes, um, but but our hearts are in the right place and we're trying to do the best we can. And 99.99% of the time, we get it right. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you know us during those times, when we screw up that one-tenth of 1% 1 of the time, people don't judge us quite so harshly. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And I did want to dig into that uh, virtual training, uh, but maybe that's a great excuse to get you back here um, in six or nine months to talk about that, because I think that's really innovative. But for now, for all the folks out there listening or watching um, that aren't familiar with uh, Officer Magazine and really should be for all the reasons that you just mentioned, how best can they find you? go to officer.com uh, and scroll down the bottom of the page and they'll find the magazines and links to be able to subscribe and everything else. If they want to email me, it's real difficult. My email is frank at officer.com. Um, last, if they go to the page and there's a little thing we call a hamburger menu in the upper top, the, the left-hand corner, click on that and there's a buy contributors link and all of our contributors, including this ugly mug are on there with uh, email connections and lists for all the stuff that we've ever written is all there awesome awesome so definitely check that out uh, frank thanks so much for your time i had i could go like i said i can go another hour but we both have other appointments to get to but that's just an excuse for us to talk again thank you so much for having some time with us and and sharing so much great knowledge my pleasure let me know when you want me back <laughs> it's my privilege thank you again and thank you to all of you who have either watched or listen to this episode of Public Safety Talk Radio, and we'll be back with you next week with another great guest. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement, as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit needs or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.